Thank you. 
So the Rama and Sita to be together, Lakshmi and Narayana to be together. So we have to become like that. Everything in this world, whatever is there, is um, energy of Krishna. And we can use everything in Krishna's service. That is the difference. So if we can use everything in Krishna's service, if we know how to use everything in Krishna's service, then you don't have to worry about it. You can heal it here or you can live anywhere in the material world. That's why somebody like Srila Prabhupada, he used everything in, the, in Krishna's service. He saw Krishna everywhere. That is the difference between a demon and a devotee. Devotee sees Krishna everywhere. And the reason why we read all this so that, you know, we, we know that our senses are basically made of those, the subtle body, the physical body. You know, those five elements, air, water, fire, air, ether, and everything. But the subtle body, what is it made of? Mind, intelligence, and the false ego. So, how do you purify this? To purify the mind, what do, what do you have to do? Change the mantra. Mantra. Man means mind. Shra means to purify. And uh, in the scriptures, especially in this age of Kalyu, the best way to purify the mantra is chanting Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. It says, Ito das nam, Iso das nam na Kali Kalamunasana. Hare Krishna man the sixteen order, das and che is sixteen. Iso das nam nam Kali Kalamunasana, na parupa. There is no higher way of actually doing it. Sab Vedeshu Dhisa, you go and look into the all the brothers. So of all of these, the highest or the best way is to chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra. And that's what we have to do. This is how we purify the mind. Not only this mantra, what Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has done, what Nityanand Prabhu has done, what our Haur Parampa has done, is they have invested their all, all their potencies. Now in one day of Brahma, Krishna all of Vrindavan Krishna comes here and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes soon after that. In all the other 999 uh, in Kalyu, who, who comes there? Hmm? Kalki comes in everyone, including this one. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes in one of the one thousand, soon after Krishna comes. Who comes in all the other ones? Gaur Narayan. Have you heard of Gaur Narayan? So Chaitanya uh, Narayan comes from Vaikuntha. <coughs> but in one of those uh, in, in the Chaturya, when Krishna appears, five hundred years or two, how many years? Five thousand years, so basically later, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes. To teach how we can go back to Gaurabhadrava. So in all the other time, when Gaurabhadrava comes, he teaches everybody how to go to Vaikuntha Loka. So if you want to go to Gaurabhadrava, this is the time. 
And then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu invests all the potency in this so that we can go back to Gauravanda, the topmost planet. In Vaikuntha Dham, what is the difference? In Vaikuntha Dham, we know Narayan is God. So every boat, there is only reference. It's just like when you are walking in the office, there is a boss there. There is a respect there. But when you have a relationship with him, when you go and meet that person at home, then there is a different kind of relationship. So if you really look at it, going to Vaikuntha is like going to an office where there is a lot of respect and all reverence there. But when you go and be with Krishna in Lord of Vrindavan, then you are at home. There is a lot of difference in there. And the difference is that in everybody in Vaikuntha Lok, they are worshipping Krishna, they are worshipping Narayan, they are running after Narayan. But in Gaulavrindavan, it is different. Krishna is running after his devotees. Isn't that right? Krishna is trying to save all the devotees. He is carrying the shoes of his father, Nanda Maharaj, on his head. So this is a very special place. And we can only get that opportunity or less once in one day of Brahma, which means one, th- one thousand times these four kalpas goes and only here uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appears only once. So we, rather than becoming that demon, you know, we have to understand the quality of the demon so that we try to avoid that. So as I was saying that, to purify the mind, we have to change. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare So we have to chant the mantra. Now how do we purify the intelligence? Reading. Reading Srimad Bhagavatam. Reading about Krishna. Reading about the pastime. So this is important. Because by reading you get intelligence. So our material intelligence gets destroyed and we get spiritual intelligence. As long as we have this material intelligence, it's going to keep on asking us, it's going to keep us from convincing the mind to go and enjoy. You have to understand that the mind, the intelligence has to control the mind. Understand that? So if you look at the senses, they are like the five horses. The intelligence is the Intelligence is the rope, no? The driver. The mind is the rope, right? So you have to control the rope. The driver has to control the rope. If he doesn't, if he lets the rope loose, then what happens? All the horses goes in every different way. Now, different, there are 8.4 million different types of bodies. And each of these different bodies, in most of these bodies, only one sense is very prominent, is very powerful. For example, you've seen the moths, right? When there's a light, just by seeing the power of their sight is so powerful, they go and kill themselves, they get bent in the fire. Now you, uh, you have heard of snakes. How do they get charmed? Sound. Sound. So by chanting, you know, they're playing with the brain. I was watching the other day, uh, somebody was somebody was playing uh, on some musical instrument, and the deers started coming through the forest. 
And actually she got scared because she didn't realize the deer were there. She just got in a fright. So, and similarly the snakes are chanting, you know, by hearing the sound, by hearing the music, you know, the most venomous snakes can be controlled, you know. Similarly the elephant, which is so big, the desire to enjoy sex is so, and what people do is to catch them. They, and they make big holes in there and they put a female elephant on the other side and he doesn't see that there's a big hole in there, he just goes into this. But in human beings, all our senses are powerful and it's very hard to control them. So the way to control them is we can't control them. What we have to do is re-engage them. So rather than using the senses for sense beautification, you have to use this in Krishna's service. They say, they say that uh, Amrish Maharaj, he was such a powerful king, he was the king of the whole, uh, whole planet, but he was so perfect that he was using every part, all his senses in Krishna's service. So we had this Noda Bhakti nine processes. We can use any one of those in Krishna's service. It becomes very easy. But it is said that, that to purify the intelligence we have to read, we have to listen so that our intelligence can be purified. Then when we change, then it becomes more effective. Because I have had this, even Mayavadis, just to attract people, you know, when they, they don't believe in Krishna as being God, they chant, they do RP, they do things just like us to attract people. So if you don't have the intelligence, you can do a lot of things that looks like devotional service, but is actually not devotional service. To understand what devotional service is, first thing you have to understand your position. What is your position? What is our position? We are the servant of God. We are the servant of Krishna. And then we have to understand that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of God. And we have to save that. But if you think I am God, then it doesn't, then it becomes demonic. This is the quality of the demonic. They do not believe that Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So it's very important that we listen to Srimad Bhagavatam. We should read Srimad Bhagavatam at least every day. And what I found is that if you do a little bit of reading, just like five minutes, ten minutes, and really contemplate on what is being read, try to understand it. Just before chanting, your chanting becomes very powerful. Because what happens is that, otherwise the mind is running all over the place. So for five minutes by reading and then you actually think, what is Prabhupada trying to say? Or what is Krishna trying to say? Just for five minutes. Then the mind gets controlled. And then your chanting becomes much, much more powerful. Otherwise the mind is, as Arjun said, it's easier to control the raging wind than to control the mind. And the third thing, the ego. How do you control that? How do you purify that? So mind is chanting a Mahamantra. Intelligence is reading and listening to Srimad Bhagavatam and scriptures about the Supreme Personality, God and Sri Krishna. What about ego? How do you control that? How do you purify that? I don't, I don't know. Could it be an association with devotees? 
association of devotees? Saving the devotees. Saving the devotees. Saving. Save, to. Saving the devotees. So if you are associating, you get an opportunity, but you should go out of your way to actually save the devotees. What happens is that? What does ego mean? What is our false ego? What is true ego? That we are servant of Krishna. What is false ego? I'm the God. So when you save somebody, then you give them a higher position. There's a reciprocation there. So slowly and slowly we try to actually that that uh, ego, that false ego, that I'm the God disappears. So these are the three ways to purify the mind is chant Hare Krishna, preach Srimad Bhagavatam to purify our intelligence and saving the devotees, saving the Vaishnavas is uh, to purify. So who is a Vaishnava? So you might say, okay, we do, just like people who are walking outside. You know, we don't get to associate with, with devotees all the time. So you have to come to the temple when you are here. Do simple service. They're saving Prashada. Once in a while, go and do that. Ask somebody how, how you are. Feed the Brahmachari some nice Prashada. Say, that's very easy. You make something nice. If they make something nice, please invite me. <laughs> There is different ways of setting. You know, when some words, some devotees come, senior devotees come, you know, you save them. So, oh, by doing all these things, you get purified. And this is how you can make spiritual advancement. Because it doesn't matter how hard we try, we cannot actually get bhakti in our mind. We cannot do devotional service on the only way we can do it is by the mercy of devotees. Because Krishna does not give devotion. Very seldom, how many times have you heard of, you know, in the scriptures that Krishna has directly given a message to somebody else? And it comes to mind. You will see that just before that, a devotee just like in Dhruva Maharaj's case, Narad Muni went and bestows his mercy on Dhruva Maharaj. And then Krishna had no choice, he had to come. Migrali the hunter, such a sinful person. Again, Narad Muni. So if you need the mercy of a devotee, that is most important. When you have mercy of the devotees, then everything else is taken care of. Krishna takes care of the rest. Krishna is, has no choice. Krishna has given bhakti to his devotees. And he said, you can give it to anybody. And if the devotee, you know, desires to give bhakti to somebody, the issue then becomes is whether the other person wants it or not. But sometimes devotees become very merciful. They give it to people who are not worthy. But if you are that powerful, like Srila Prabhupada, look at Srila Prabhupada's life, when he was preaching in America, what kind of people he were preaching to? And then what was the result? That we can say such nice devotees. We can say that, oh, they did something in their previous life, but a pure devotee has that power to actually do that. 
So we should actually take association of them. We should save them to the best of our ability. It's not very difficult to please the devotees. There is a lot of difference between Vaishnavas. You know, just look at uh, Amrish Maharaj's case. Durvasamani. He felt insulted, even there was no, there was nothing to be insulted about. He just had a sip of chanamit to break his fast. So when you are actually fasting, if you take, if you are doing full fasting, you take water. It's like breaking your fast. It was not breaking your fast. It's basically same thing. So just by taking a little bit of water, Dhruva Maharaj got so insulted. And what did he do? You know, he took a hair, created the demon to kill him. So this is what yogis do. But a devotee, what did Amrish Maharaj do? When Dhruva Maharaj, uh, uh, when uh, Dhruva Sapani, he went everywhere. He went to Brahma, he went to Lord Shiva. Even he went to Vishnu, he said, Vishnu, please save me from your chakra. Vishnu said, I can't save you. said, this is your weapon. You are the supreme controller. He said, no, I'm not in control. I'm under somebody's control. I'm under the control of my devotees. If you want to be saved, then you have to go back to Amrish Maharaj. And when Amrish, he went to Amrish Maharaj, this happened about the whole year to him, you know, and Amrish Maharaj said, he went and said, please save me. And Amrish Maharaj said, if I have done any devotional service, if I have done any devotional service, if I have, you know, respected my spiritual masters, I have done worship Krishna, I have any bit of devotion, then please save this devotion. And then immediately he was saved. And then they had a meal together which they should have had one year ago. So just because of a little bit of uh, pride, you know, in a way you can see that when Krishna, he saw that Amrish was such, Amrish Maharaj was such a nice devotee, he wanted to glorify him. So Dhruva Muni went to actually do that. If this, is, this did happen, then we won't be talking about the so Krishna sometimes he creates situations like this so his devotees can be glorified. So sometimes we should be too get to say, oh he was such a great person. You know, these people are special people. Krishna uses his special devotees to do special things both ways. So if you look at you know say Hindakashku was such a great person. He was causing so much trouble. Yes, he was. But did those people deserve it? You know, nothing happens by chance, right? Now we suffer. You know, we have problems in our life. It just doesn't happen by chance. No, we, we deserve it. I was just thinking, you know, we are talking about Hrinakashtu. There are a lot of DNA demons now. Probably not as powerful as Hrinakashtu. There is one in, in Russia now, killing so many people. Isn't that right? Just for a little bit of pride, just because I want the land, I want to be, be you know, control of a bigger piece of land. So many people are just, so many people are put into this terms. 
So we hit good people like him. Hitler was another one. Churchill was another one. People talk about it now and say, oh, Churchill was a very nice person. Because of him, two, three million people died in India. We don't talk about that. Isn't it right? Now he took all the food away from Bengal to uh, England. But because they have the guns, they are powerful, we don't talk about that. So there are a lot of people who desire to do something like that and Krishna uses them to punish other people. But they always remember that nothing happens by chance. You, whatever you go through in your life, it only happens because you deserve it. And you look at the demons, they come here. They came to the planet and they destroyed everything. What did they destroy? You have already read in the previous verses. Hidakashku sent the demons to come and destroy what? The ethnic planets. Brahmanic, you know, basically, co Brahmanitaja, Brahmans, you know, they destroyed everything that the Brahmans were doing, they killed them with the cows. They also killed the kids, children, and everything. So, those things that were to be protected, they actually disturbed them. They already they killed them. So, the devotees, there was no yagnas being performed. So this is like a two-way thing. This is the thing about in the material world. I have to give you something to get something in return. And this is also with the demigods. Isn't that right? So if they don't do the yagnas, they don't get the, the power, then they can't save us. So, and if you don't give them, so this was a situation created by Hemakashpur. So they came to actually see what was happening here, so they can find a solution. And in the end, they went and prayed to Lord Vishnu, and uh, Lord Narsingadev came and killed him. But this was a plan much, much more, plan made by Krishna much, much more before he went, because he wanted to fight with the demon. And also to glorify his devotee, Lord. So in the end, you have to understand that Krishna, it's like Pandu was going through so many problems. You know, one of the reasons, one of the ways we understand or remember um, one of the greatest things that uh, Draupadi did, what was that? Her prayers, right? The prayers actually that he had to surrender. As long as she was trying to hold on to a sari and try to protect herself, nothing happened. And when she gave up completely and said, Govinda, please protect me. So, these are the lessons. And they were so dependent on Krishna. The other thing is that, how do we save devotees? How does Krishna eat? How does Krishna eat? When you chant the mantras, right? You put the food on the altar, we chant the mantras, so Krishna eats through his mantras. How else? He eats with his mouth, right? And he also eats through the mouth of the devotees. Now, when Draupadi was in difficulty, when the founder was very in difficulty, and uh, 
Durosa gave me 10,000 of his disciples to take lunch there, and there was no food there. Again, they worship Krishna. Krishna, please protect me. And from one grain, so this is the thing, if you want to satisfy everybody, rather than trying to save all the demigods and everybody, if you just save Krishna, just by one grain, not only those 10,000, the whole universe, everybody was satisfied. So, rather than running after demigods, trying to please them individually, what we should do is worship Krishna and try to please him. And worshiping Krishna and trying to please him, what does that mean? Is Krishna alone? So you have to, that also means saving his devotees, pleasing his devotees. So this is a lesson we actually understand from this. If you save the demigods and they get upset, what do they do? Do they reciprocate? Yeah. Yes. Good way, bad way. So a good example is when Krishna stopped the worship of Indra. And what did he do? What did Indra try to do? Just because they stopped it, he wanted to destroy the whole of Vrindavan. So if you worship demigods, forget about demons. If you worship demigods, this is what's going to happen. So this is what the message is about Srimad Bhagavatam. If you read all the other Vedas, you know, other parts of the Vedas, about the current content, it tells you to actually worship demigods. Because, for example, if you want a uh, beautiful wife or a beautiful, you know, handsome husband, what do you do? Whom do you worship? Lord Shiva and Parvati, just like the gopis did. But if you worship them to get Krishna, then it is all right. But if you worship them to get, you know, something material, then it is not. So you can worship the demigods, but the mood has to be different. Isn't that right? Most of the other people worship Lord Shiva for what? Material problems. Like one of the greatest uh, worshippers of Lord Shiva is Ravana. Right? Ravana was a great worshipper. And what did that in the in the end happen? He got killed by Lord Ramchandra. So he cannot actually, um, the demigods cannot protect him. But Lord Shiva is one of the greatest devotees of Krishna. What is that thing? Vaishnava? So he is the greatest. So if you worship Lord Shiva as a devotee, Then it is over. Now when you go to Vrindavan, which is the highest place of all the places, you see shivaling everywhere. Isn't that right? So we can worship Lord Shiva, but they do not worship Lord Shiva for material gain. They worship Lord Shiva to attain Krishna. Yashoda um, Maya used to worship Lord Shiva. If you go to Goku, near Pyashila Kulpa Tupa, Brahman Ghat, 
there is a temple of Lord Shiva. How many of you have been there? It's called Chinta Mahadev. Chinta means worry. Isn't that right? Chinta. So, Yashoda Maya, she always used to be worried about Krishna. All the demons are coming and everything. So she would come and worship Lord Shiva to get rid of all our worries. So they said that if you go and worship Krishna there, uh, Lord Shiva there, you, then you also get rid of all your worries there. So if you do Brajmandar Prakrima, you go to all these places where you can see all those things. It's a beautiful, you know, uh, Shiva lane in there. It's not, it's not far from, probably a couple of hundred meters from where <coughs> Mother Yashoda used to change the Bada. You know that place. So where Krishna performed that pastimes about uh, the mother Lila. So just before that, it is there. So you can actually worship demigods, but you have to worship, understand that they are devotees of Krishna. Now, one of the devotees of um, Lord Shiva, when he gets very pleased, you might have heard of that pastime where when a devotee of Lord Shiva got pleased, Lord Shiva came in his dream and told him, okay, you go and go to Vrindavan at uh, Manasigan uh, Ganga. There's a devotee of Krishna. His name is? Anyone knows? Sanatan Goswami. He said, go to Sanatan Goswami and tell him, please give the best thing you have, the most precious thing you have. So he went there, Sanatana Goswami was with a group of people. He waited when everybody left and he went to Sanatana Goswami and said, this, I'm a worshipper of Lord Shiva. You know, he sent it to you to give me the most precious things you have. So Sanatana Goswami, there's a pile of uh, dead on the side. He said, go there, there's a special stone. Chintamani. You take that. He said, if you take that and you touch it on the iron. And what does it turn into? Into gold. So he said, oh, now I'm very happy. Because Lord Shiva, Lord Shiva's devotees, what are they looking for? Material objects, right? So he gave him that. But he was an intelligent person. So he went there a little while, he walked out and he was really happy and he was thinking about it. And then he thought, you know, if it is the most precious thing, why did he put it in the rubbish there? Why was it in the rubbish? So he looks like he said, I've been cheated. You know, and he, he did not give me the most, the most valuable thing. Then he came back and said, explain, you know. And he said, if you really want the most precious thing, first thing is you do is you throw that stone in the water. And then you come to me and then I'll give it to you. So he did that and came to Sanatan Goswami. And what did Sanatan Goswami get him? Hare Krishna Mahaprabhu. He said, Chant Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So even Lord Shiva, his most devotee whom he became really pleased with him, what did he want to give to him? He didn't want him to give the opulence of the whole planet. Because when Lord Shiva gets pleased, where does Lord Shiva reside? 
in the in the cemetery, cemetery, and look, is there any opponents there? So he he doesn't even value what we are asking him for. If he thought you know nice fellows and everything was good, he would stay there. But he doesn't value all of that, and that's what we are asking him. But just because we worship Lord Shiva, who becomes pleased? Parvati becomes pleased, and she provides all the material offerings to all the devotees. This is what happens. You, know? you look after the kids, the parent becomes happy. So by saving the children, you can save the parents. You save, you give something directly to you know, just like those little kids. Just you know, say something nice. Put your hand on their head. The parents are so happy. You now my kids go blessed. You give them something directly, it might not have the same effect. So Krishna is saying, by saving his devotee, he becomes more pleased by saving him directly. So we'll stop here. Any comments, any questions? Yes, sir. Uh, second canto of Shiva Bhagavatam says that worshippers of Shiva become great heroes. Yeah. Yeah, so not not just that um, yeah, that, that one was mentioned in the second case, so but you didn't mention that while you're talking about that. So. Yeah. Just like um, we're talking about Ramana. He was a great hero. You know, he was so powerful. He even wanted to create his own uh, planet equal to the heavenly planet. So he was that powerful. He wanted to build a bridge where people have to just go up, you don't have to be qualified. You take the bridge and you can go to the heavenly planet. He was so powerful that he controlled basically the heavenly planet. So yes, they do become powerful. But they become powerful in this material world. Because Lord Shiva and Parvati are in charge of this material world. So they can give you that ability. But in the end, they don't survive. You know? When they become extra powerful, they start misusing their power, they try to take the position of Krishna, then Krishna gets them killed. Okay. Yes, so just to clarify, so, um, Lord Shiva and Parvati, yeah. they, so they are the ones that bestow the material happiness. Yes. So Krishna, is, is he involved? Like directly with any kind of material influence, or is it all kind of bestowed through them and then free Krishna's sanction? Yes. Yes. Okay. So Krishna knows. See the demigods. I'll give you an example. There was a demon, I forgot his name, that he went and actually worshipped Lord Shiva and he pleased him. And then Lord Shiva said, Give me a boon. So he said, Okay. So what do you want? He said, if I put my hand on anybody's head, that person gets destroyed. What was his name? No. Not because Okay, this particular person, if he puts his hand on anybody's head, he gets destroyed. I think it was one or No. Okay. There was a demon, a devotee of Lord Shiva. So what basically happened is, after he got this boon, you know what he tried to do? Yes. Tried to put his hand on Lord Shiva's head. 
So Lord Shiva could be could killed. And what did he want? He wanted to enjoy with power. So you know you get the good from the person and you try to kill the same person. So he wanted to. So this is the difference. And then he started chasing Lord Shiva. So even Lord Shiva started running on because he knew as soon as he could. And then he had nowhere to go. So finally he went to Vishnu. Said, please Vishnu, help me. And Vishnu said, you believe him? Told this demon, you really trust him that whatever he gives you will happen? So if you don't believe me, just put your hand on your head. So he put his hand over his head and what happened? So Lord Vishnu says, this is the thing, you know, when the demigods kids give something, it's not always what is best for you. But when Krishna gives it's always good for you. Because Krishna knows that, it's like, you know, you take one step towards Krishna, Krishna takes ten steps to you. Krishna doesn't want you to be here. This is jail. One of Parvati's name is Durga. What does Durga mean? Prison keeper. So if Durga is in charge of this material planet and sees the prison keeper, who are we? So Krishna wants you to take out of the, this prison and take you back home back to Godhead. So whatever Krishna is going to give, whatever Vishnu is going to give, is always to take you out of here. So this is why they say, worshippers of Lord Shiva are very open. They got all the material opens. And usually, worshippers of Vishnu are very poor. Why? Because Krishna wants you to, you know, you, have, you need two things to go back to Godhead. One is you have to have attachment for Krishna. If you want to go to a planet. Right? The other one is, you need to have detachment from this material world. So unless you suffer here of all those things, and you know, when you don't have anything, you don't have food and whatever, you are living you know, under a tree, you say, Krishna, please, you know, I've had enough of this place, please take me. But when you have everything here, you don't want to go. That's why they say, when you go to the heavenly planet, it's very hard to worship Krishna there. Why? Because there's so much room for enjoyment, there's so much opulence there. When you go to the hellish planet, there's so much suffering there, there's no time to actually focus on Krishna. But on this earth planet, which is in the middle, you get both of those. You get the those of both in this. So suffering is actually good. Because one of the greatest prayers of Kunti Devi was, what was it? Please give me all the more, more problems, more suffering. Because when I'm suffering, then I remember Krishna. When everything is good, you forget about Krishna. Isn't that right? Mm. Yeah. So, I always say, you know, if you have people who are, you know, causing problems in your life, probably they are the best thing in your life. Because these are the ones who realize, please Krishna, help me get out of here. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yes. Let's go. You said that uh, false ego goes away by serving the devotees. But sometimes I have observed that like serving also rather than reducing the false ego it increases as well. Like I'm I'm serving so well and, and I've, I've made so much things and that. So how we can understand that? 
He keeps sending you glory. He keeps sending the devotees. So in the, in the beginning, because see, we have been here in this mountain world for millions and millions of lifetimes. So our sanskar is from all of those. And one of the things about material world is just like we want to be the greatest. This fine factor. Right? So when we do something like this, see this is, how do you do this? Now if you understand this, then you can change your mentality. It's all in the mind. What we think of is what you get results. If you see that everybody, just like a Uttama Dakari, a pure devotee, he sees everybody as Krishna's devotee. And he saves anybody his devotional service. Isn't that right? If you think that I am only, only taking prasadam, do you always take prasadam? Is the only thing we take is prasada. Do we realize that? Do we realize that the air we breathe is also Krishna's prasada? Isn't that right? But if we don't have that, then it's not. So it's all in the mind, how you train your mind to see things. I always give this example, you know, you get something, you know, to cook, you know, uh, say cauliflower and potato. Three people are cooking. You're cooking for yourself. That cauliflower, that potato is Krishna's energy. But you're cooking it for yourself. You cook it and eat it. What is it? It's karma. Now you, as a devotee, most of the time, okay, we want to eat for something. So we cook it and we offer it to Krishna. What is that? Karma yoga. So you're doing it for yourself, but you're connecting it for Krishna. But then you say, okay, Oh, this is a nice cauliflower. Krishna would like it. I think I should cook for him. And then you cook and offer it to Krishna. Then it becomes pure devotional service. So the process is same. Whatever you are doing the same. The ingredients are same. What has changed is your mentality. How you are perceiving it. So now you know. Right, okay. When I am serving Krishna, I am serving his devotee. What you have to understand is that you are very fortunate. You are so fortunate that Krishna has given you an opportunity to be around devotees and begin to serve. So that pride goes away. Humility comes. And then when there is no humility, when there is pride, what is the opposite of pride? Humility. If there is no, if there is too much pride, then humility leaves. And if there is no humility, then there is no bhakti. Because humility and bhakti are friends. One goes, the other goes. So it's training on. This is why listening to Bhagavatam, reading Srimad Bhagavatam, listening from devotees speaking. You, just if you take one thing from whatever we have spoken today, just like you are talking about this one, how to avoid being proud. Take it that Krishna has given you an opportunity to save. It is not by your good quality. It is not whatever you need in your previous life. It is Krishna's mercy. And it is the devotee's mercy that is giving you an opportunity. I always say, you know, it's not always saving a devotee is being saved. Sometimes you are allowing a devotee to save you is also service. Because the main thing is, this is the trick about all of devotional service. 
You know, sometimes we worry, hey, please can I have some of your mouth? Some people start complaining, you know. But if you give it to somebody, you know, you might get a little bit of their karma or whatever. But just imagine how happy the devotee becomes. And if the devotee becomes happy, then what happens? Krishna becomes happy. And that's the main thing, to please Krishna and his devotees. See, this is my thinking. My thinking is to please the devotees. To please. And I, I don't know Krishna. But I know I can save his devotees. And if devotees become happy, then Krishna becomes happy. So that is the main thing. So do little things that pleases him. Sometimes we send in prasadam. And you know, we put extra on the plate. And he is already eaten. He can't eat anymore. So you are trying to save nicely, but is he happy about your service? You know what I'm saying? So you have to think, you always have to see what pleases that particular person. That is the focus. If he wants a little bit, give him a little bit. So if we are serving Krishna, for example, like if we are serving Krishna and some other devotee wants to serve. So if we give up our service for him, we are pleasing the devotee. That's the trick. Yeah. Even if trick. we have to give up our service for that, so that will serve him in a way. One of the greatest service you can do is to engage others in Krishna's service. And that's what Srila Prabhupada has done. Why is Prabhupada so glorious? Not only on this planet, he's glorious on all the planets. Why? Because he engaged everybody in in the beginning, you want to do everything. But as you become more mature, you want to engage everybody's in Krishna's service. I have this thing in the kitchen. Anybody comes and says, please give me some service, I'll give them. Even though it says, please take this rubbish and put it somewhere. Krishna has put us in charge. Prabhupada, we had an expansion of Prabhupada. We had an extension of Prabhupada. Our duty is to engage everybody in Krishna's service. And it doesn't mean, you know, just give them prasadam. Just be nice. They appreciate you, they appreciate in Krishna. Once the Prabhupada was walking and somebody said, Good morning. And Prabhupada said, That person has made so much advancement just by wishing a devotee good morning. Krishna is in the heart, he can change everything. So we should do what pleases Krishna. You know, Anagrasuna, what does it? It should be Anakulana. It should be favorable. That is the most important thing. So we should do self Krishna and his devotees, which is very favorable. Yes, what? Any other comments? Any other questions? Yes. For example, 
a millionaire comes in here and he takes a hundred dollar bill and puts it in there. Ticket. And another person, a beggar comes. He has only one rupee. One dollar, one golden coin and he puts that. Who has done more? The poor person. So it's the effort what we do in Krishna. Don't forget, Krishna wants us more to get out of this material world than we want to get out of it. Krishna wants us to take us from here like a loving father. So if we make our effort, he will protect us. And I always tell this, I, you know, I always mention this many times. The pastime of Putna. She wanted to kill Krishna. Isn't that but did Krishna see that? What did Krishna see? How she wanted to feed Krishna. So this is the quality of Srila Prabhupada, if you see. When Srila Prabhupada was in America, he was dealing with people who had all bad qualities. But did Srila Prabhupada focus on those bad qualities? He just took one good soul, good quality, and he actually tried to actually encourage him there. Krishna is like that. When we see something bad in a person, what are we seeing? We say that person is so bad, you know. Take a quality, you know. What are we seeing? We are seeing a reflection of ourselves. He only can see what is in you. So a pure devotee of Krishna, he doesn't have any bad qualities. He only sees the good qualities. So if we do our best, Krishna will take care of you. And don't worry, you are safe. <laughs> I have no doubt about that. <laughs> you keep coming, Bhagavatam class, you change your arms. You know. Putna in a previous life, who was she? Bari Maharaj's daughter. Right? See, when she saw Bhavande, Bhavande was little, he was so cute. And she said, I feel like taking this kid in my arms and breastfeeding. But then when Bhavande took everything from Bali Maharaj, he said, what kind of kid is he? Why does you give him poison? So Krishna fulfilled both the desires. But, by her desire to please Krishna, not even pleasing, just she thought about it. What did he, what did he, what position did she get? She became Amada Anes of Krishna. So if Putna can get such an exalted position, why should we be? This is what we have. The problem is that we do not have faith in the scriptures. That is the problem. If we have faith that Krishna says you chant Krishna's name once, all your sins are destroyed. Isn't that right? Once. How long does it become to become a pure devotee? It can take many lifetimes, but it can take a moment. It is up to us. Does that answer your question? So do not doubt. Krishna will take care of. We are very, very fortunate in Nityananda is so merciful. Look at Jagayan Madhari. 
three times they came. First time they came as before this. Jagai Madai. They appeared four times on this planet. First time they came as Hiranakashwa and Hiranaksha and Hiranakash. What happened to them when they died? They merged into the body of Krishna. Right? Because that's what you get so gently. Then they came as Ravana and Kumkaran. Same thing. And then Tadakarana and, and Sishupa. But what did Jagai get? What did Nityanam give it? When they came as the fourth time? Not only Vaikuntha planet, because they were giant Vijay from there. They got Vrindavan. They got Navadi. So this is whom we are. This is why I'm saying this lifetime, this particular, you know, when uh, this particular time they tell them this is the most powerful. The messy we can get by doing a little bit of service is so much. Any other before we finish? Kantra Shambhavatam ki Jai Shri Krishna, 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 Jai Shri Krishna,